Welcome to the Micah Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. Mike, Micah, and LQ with you today. Mike and I dropped a little teaser episode yesterday on what was to come today. We're going the biggest storylines over the past two months since we've been gone. Mike, I know we talked about yesterday. We talked about uh, Giannis. We talked some NFL, the year of the black quarterback. But I know we have more observations on the way. So LQ, since you weren't on the episode with us yesterday, I'll let you start this one. You can go either NFL or NBA, whichever whichever uh, route you want to go down. But what has been your biggest observation over the last two months? All right. Uh, I've been waiting, man. It's, it's glad to be back. Yes, Long sir. Coming. But um, first and foremost, I would like to alert everybody listening that right now, the number two team in the Eastern Conference is the Miami Heat. Mm. Um, a lot of people thought we would be a lottery team. Um, a lot of people thought Jimmy Butler was wasting his time. But in the last two weeks alone, we have been the only team in the NBA to win in Milwaukee, the only team in the NBA to win in Philly, and the only team in the NBA to win in the defending champion Toronto Raptors. We won, we won in the six, man. So um, we're looking real good right now. We're playing as a team. We got a lot of chemistry going. Um, my boy Duncan Robinson dropped the 30P a few times. You know what I mean? Uh, Tyler Hero is showing some promise as a shooter. Uh, Kendrick Nunn has been in Rookie of the Year conversation since the first game of the season, and I just I just feel good, man. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I have this question, though, with the Miami Heat. Um, obviously, there have been a lot of speculations about you guys are a good team, but are you guys – good enough to get over that hump and potentially an Easter Conference Finals, number two seed right now, but even an NBA Finals or potentially even winning the whole ship. So there have been trade rumors about getting those young pieces that you've acquired with a Duncan Robertson and a Kendrick Nunn and a Justice Winslow, who's been hurt, but when he was playing, was playing amazing. Would you be willing to trade those pieces to get a player like Kevin Love or a player that's going to be available at the trade deadline? Or do you just want to rock out with the team you have now and see how far you guys go? Um, at the moment, I'm, I'm I'm liking the core. Um, I I feel like we're one piece away. We could use some more scoring and three point shooting. Um, as well as that, if we can get another big man in there, um, Bam Adebayo has been playing phenomenal and, and at an all star level. But if we can get a solid center in there to you know help out with the rebounding, that'll help out a lot. Um, in terms of trade talks, I'm really interested in Drew Holiday. And uh, J.J. Reddick, so if there is a deal we can do that does not involve Tyler Hero, I'll, I'll sign off anywhere. Um, Dion is definitely a salary dump, and he's been dumping on us all year, so if we can <laughs> include him in that deal with some gummies, I think New Orleans would be down for it. So, you're, so would, you wouldn't be interested in Kevin Love, but like another guard or maybe a big man, that's where you'll be, you, you'll be have such. But obviously, Tyler Hero is untouchable. There's, Hero and Hero's untouchable. Hero and Bam are um, obviously the untouchable players. Right. Love's injury history scares me. We've been linked to Chris Paul also. Um, Chris Paul's age scares me. Some games he'll play like he played Friday night with the 38 and 8. That was pretty nice, but you're not going to get that every night out of Chris Paul. Um, Jimmy Butler scored three points Friday night, and we won by 20. That's crazy. So I think we're a very good team that plays with each other, and I think that'll get us further in the playoffs. Um, as far as the ceiling, 
Eastern Conference Finals, man. I mean, in, at the top, there's three teams. You got the Milwaukee Bucks. You got Philly. You got those Celtics. Um, I like our chances with everybody except for that team in the Midwest. Those Bucks are different, man. You've seen it Thursday night when they played the Lakers. Uh, 34 says it all, man. All right. Michael, what do you think about the Miami Heat? Honestly, bro, as soon as they drafted Tyler Hero, I kind of knew what Tyler was. Um, them getting Jimmy Butler as well is one of those things, and you kind of see the pieces kind of formulated. You kind of see them playing, like, they'll go through last year. You see them playing, like, better basketball and things like that. And to see it kind of just translate right now in the East where anything is for the taking, you know, besides, you know, we talked about yesterday, Giannis. I, I don't think they're taking Giannis at the end of the day. If it comes down to it, we'll see. But – I like this out of the Heat. It's it's one of those things where the Heat have always kind of been kind of like there, and y'all had y'all little bumps, and y'all always found a way to retool. And shout out to that man down there. Shout out Pat Riley. Shout out Spo for still being there, still being the figure. Absolutely, man. No no tanking necessary. We, and, we did all of this without tanking. No tanking necessary. And it's a great model of what you can do while still being competitive and still, in a way, retooling every building. You don't have to sell the ship to get a superstar and get a couple guys. Y'all, I feel like y'all have done it the right way. You guys remind me, like, the continued success of, of the Ravens. Like, the way, you know, the, the basketball excellence that I expect from the Heat, I expect them to be in the playoffs every year. I expect good things to happen in Miami basketball. I told you guys earlier in the summer that we were going to win all of our games, like, 92 to 86 because we were that good defensively. Now we have shooters. So yes. now you see what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, um, with the Miami Heat, two years ago, I remember when you guys went on that crazy run to end off the the year with, uh, it was Deion Waiters and that whole bunch, Goran, and uh, it just felt like that was very fluke, and it was just like you guys got hot at the right time. This team is not a fluke team. You could tell that, like, even when they're not in it, how many, they got to, what, like, it feels like eight overtime games already. And they, and they, and they, win, all and they win all of those overtime games because the team is not fluke. They have great players. They're a great defensive team. I remember um, hearing the story about Jimmy Butler when he was like, Tyler Harrell wanted to take him on, defend him the whole, the whole practice, and he wasn't letting anybody else switch on him. He was like, yeah, this is a real player. They have people that want to ball, people that want to be serious. And Deion Waiters now is sitting on the outside, somebody that was starting and getting big minutes. I remember the three against the the Warriors a couple of years ago, and now he can't even oh, – he can't sniff the court. So it's definitely interesting to see how, like you said, Micah, how they've been able to retool and not do the Sixers model of, oh, let's sell off every piece, let's do do away with everybody and uh, go on our way. They were able to, even with bad contracts, able to get rid of Hassan Whiteside's contract. And Deion Waiters, he's going to be a good asset in the trade deadline because he is a salary dump. So – They'll be able to get somebody else good for that final stretch. And I think the Miami Heat are, are – I think they're the second-best team in the East. Um, I'm not a big believer in the Sixers. Uh, they played the Wizards tonight. They beat the Wizards, but the Wizards had nobody on their team. And they only beat them by, by 13 points. It was really nine points. Um, ben Simmons not being able to shoot uh, <laughs> shoot outside of the lane is going to be a problem. Embiid, yeah, he lost weight and all that, but – Something about that team just seems off. I don't know if the Sixers just can't win, but I don't think this is a team that can go to to the NBA Finals by any means, or even the Easter Conference Finals. I think if they if they if we find a 2-3 matchup with the 76ers, I'm taking the heat all the way. Dilly dilly. 
Yes, sir. Uh, moving on, Micah, an observation from you. What are you, what are you talking about? Man, man, man. So I'll go my NBA route. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about the Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, it feels like we're on ESPN right now. I'm picking a big market team, of course. But we finally are getting the duo we've been missing in L.A. since I feel like Kobe and Shaq. We're getting two, in my opinion, of the top five players in the league playing together in what I would consider – 80s prime and the end of LeBron's prime there even is a such thing as the end of his prime because he's been doing the same thing for the last 15 years or so. But, man, honestly, I love it, bro. I love knowing that at the end of the day I can turn on ESPN or I can go on YouTube, I can search NBA highlights, and I'm going to see the titles of LeBron and Anthony Davis combined for 55 points in the Lakers win. And it's been pretty consistent outside of, what, five games, I believe, that they've lost. And two coming in the last three uh, three games, you know, they lost their back-to-backs, and it's the first time they've done it all season. But, I mean, geez, man. <sighs> I've just been waiting on this. I've been waiting on Braun to, to really get that guy. He's been missing that really since Kyrie. Um, like, especially with it being in L.A. and everything. Um, one thing I do want to talk about with the Lakers is they're like, yes – from top to bottom, they are a great team on paper. But injuries, I feel like we're going to end up biting them. And I feel like guys like LeBron James are going to end up taking, like, you know, load management things that he said, yeah, I'm getting towards the end of my career. I'm not trying to do that. Well, bro, listen, load management is something that's a real thing and it's something you're going to have to do. Um, I hope he's just talking and just being a talking head to just be against something or whatever. But to preserve, uh, excuse me, uh, to preserve himself for the playoffs and what that's going to mean, He's going to have to take a couple games off, and, you know, we're going to see some DMPs from Braun, like, wait, what's going on? Like, he, he's not he's not hurt. I don't think you're going to see a full 82 from Braun. Um, but at least for this first maybe third of the season, the output that the Lakers and Braun and AD have is ridiculous. Um, them getting off to a 24-5 record is, is great. It allows them to, I wouldn't say coast until All-Star break, but in a sense, it kind of does, like, they're, I think, they're over four games, like over the Nuggets right now. Like, their 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 run and what they've done, like, it's put them in a great position for the rest of the season. And I think they realize that. And I think one of their things, especially with Bron and maybe AD, and they may have talked about it, is we need to get off so hot that there's no doubt who the best team in the West is this year. Put the league on notice. Put the league on notice. Show them that we're not here to play around. When it's you know midseason, it, it gets kind of dreary in the NBA. You get those those dirty January into February games and things like that. After after Christmas time games and stuff like that, it gets kind of like all right, we're, we're kind of meddling through this part of the season. But when it picks up in March and April, I expect man, I expect like 50, 40, 90 AD. I expect Braun to kick his game up another notch that he already uh, that he if like he hasn't already. I expect him to take it to another level. I expect guys to be healthy. I expect. Kyle Kuzma to be getting 15, 16, 17 points. I expect guys to, you know, that know their role and are playing their role pretty well. I I expect exemplary things from them. I expect them to really step up. I expect guys like Alex Caruso, who's been a great player in pockets, to really start being that guy that's going to get you those 10 points a game that's necessary to win a championship. Um, I just don't hope – I hope the Lakers aren't a top-heavy, like, duo team, and I hope that the guys under AD and Bron are ready to step up and play their roles. Uh, guys like Dwight Howard, who at times he's been like a resurgent guy. Like 
Dwight Howard, I believe he had a 20-point night the other game. Like, yeah, he was 20-6 with two blocks against the yeah, Pacers. Although it was a loss, he was perfect from field goals. He didn't miss a shot. When he's been getting to the line this season, he's actually been hitting his free throws, which that's very important for those points. Those are crucial. Um, my biggest thing is that I hope he's a little more consistent. Uh, he'll get 20 points, and then he'll have a two-point night. He'll have a four-point night, and then he'll have a 13-point night. Like, we need a little more consistency from the guys under AD and Bar, but I think they're on a great track, and I'm just I'm happy to see this from the Lakers because this has been just this is excuse me it's been just bad really since Kobe left. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited from what I see from the Lakers. You guys know that we are a LeBron James loving pod. Yep, no slander on um, this side. Nah, no LeBron slander here. Um. I, I disagree slightly with the fact that I do think they're a bit top-heavy. It was kind of exposed the other night when they were playing the Bucks. Um, It looks like their third guy is either KCP or Danny Yikes. Green. Uh, of course, Kuz is injured mm-hmm. right now, so Kuz would be that guy. But at the moment, it's it's not looking good. Um, Avery Bradley is a problem offensively. He can't get a shot to save his life. Um. If Danny Green and KCP don't get off, you have to look to Caruso. I don't really know how comfortable you would be looking at Caruso to be that third guy. But like you guys said, for the time being, it works. Hopefully around that time, there's an acquisition. Or maybe if DeMarcus Cousins could be somewhat serviceable and come back, maybe that will work out. But I don't see anybody beating those two gentlemen four times in a row. Or at all, for that matter. In the playoffs, when it matters, I don't think anybody's beating them four times. Yeah, that's where that's where it comes down. You touched on it, Mike. I think LeBron and AD had a specific agenda coming in uh, to the season saying that we're going to prove we're the best team in the Western Conference. They, they were planning for the best team in the NBA, but obviously we saw with uh, the Bucks beating them that that title was strictly for the Bucks at the present moment. We did see, we did see uh, LeBron and... AD get off to a great start after game two, game one of the season against the Clippers. We saw that they were, they didn't look right. Um, They weren't able to get scoring from other players. And you touch on that LQ. It's going to take everybody. I know everybody says they're, they are a top heavy team, but they have decent players that should be able to produce for you. I mean, I know Quinn cook isn't like a, a fancy name by any means, but he's been on a championship team. He knows what it takes to, hit big shots and be able to produce for you. Avery Bradley, I mean, he can't he can't see the court. Um, there, you have to be able to find and get somebody, a J.J. Redick, uh, Bertans from the Wizards, maybe. Just try to get somebody that will be able to help space the floor and hit some threes. I think the Lakers are looking for the Andre Iguodala. Um, right now, the Grizzlies aren't budging on letting him go, but I think that's who they try to get in the deadline. I think that helps with spacing. That helps with defense, and he can knock down threes. Uh, here and there for you. I, but I do believe the Lakers are the best team in the West. I, I expect them to be in the finals. Um, I think LeBron's going to have a great second half surge. Even though Giannis, he's my guy, and obviously I want him to, to do great. I still think LeBron can find a way to win this MVP if he can go on another crazy run because why not have LeBron uh, add another MVP to his collection? But the Lakers are definitely – Which one of them do you think will win defensive player of the year? 80. 
Yeah. AD's getting uh, defensive player of the year. I, I think that's if he keeps what he's doing. As long as he doesn't get hurt, keeps doing what he's doing. I, I think that's that's a lock for AD to get defensive player of the year. There's gonna be there's gonna be one one type of uh individual award coming to LA this uh this offseason, maybe even two. But the, I don't know. The Lakers the Lakers are a really good team, just trying to get productivity from everybody. And I know Braun had the off season, so he got fresh legs right now, but don't forget it's it's an eighty two game season, LeBron. Mm-hmm. It's an eighty two game season. I just wanna put it on tape right now. If one of them wins MVP, the other one is going to win finals MVP. You heard it here first. Mm. If AD wins regular season MVP, LeBron is winning finals MVP or vice versa. Okay, okay. All right. So so that means you got the Lakers winning it all this year? Absolutely. Yes, sir. There we go. You got it it right here. Yep. And, I mean, I – we said it the minute Brown was eliminated from uh, playoff contention last year. We said we said yeah, we said it last Braun, year. He was gonna win MVP and come back and run it. Yep. He was on go mode. Yep, MVP and NBA Finals, and I'm still sticking with that. But talking about 82 game seasons, uh, my observation is going to be on something that happened pretty recently with the NBA sending a proposal for the 2021-2022 season for a 78 game regular season, but included with an in season tournament. Where um, you win the tournament, you get one million dollars per player and a one point five million coaches pool for the champion. So, I've heard I've heard this tournament, and I've, I mean I've gone back and forth about I don't know six or seven times. At some points, I think it's a good it's a good idea to just change it up. And uh, I know everybody loves this overseas; they love the soccer style, of just having so many tournaments. But on the other hand, it's like. Man, who really cares about a tournament 30 games into the season? So the take that I have on this tournament is it solely depends on the players. If we have this tournament and we get LeBron James, we get Giannis, we get AD to be like, look, man, I don't care about $1 million. I don't care about a tournament that wasn't there when I was growing up. We're sitting out. We're going to play the Crusoe. We're going to play these G League players and have them do it. Then, okay, it's, it's boring. Nobody cares. It's useless. Just put, let's play our regular 82-game season, and let's stop all this extra stuff. But if LeBron, Giannis, and all those players are like, look, I'm trying to win this tournament, whether it's for um, whether it's for seeding purposes or whether it's for just the pride, getting that extra mill, like, if they're going at it, I am all in for this tournament because you get playoff intense basketball in December, January of the season. Because after, after uh, Christmas time, the NBA, part. the NBA does get into a kind of a law where it's just the same thing every day. Your team is mm-hmm. playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or you got a back-to-back. You're taking a West Coast trip. And at that point, it's just like, oh, it's the same old, same old. I mean, obviously for us, we, we, we don't miss games. We, we love watching our teams play. But for the regular NBA fan, game 40 to game 40 to game 70, who cares? I mean, it's just us. We know what we're going to be in. If you're – the Bucks are going to be at that one and two spot. If you're the Wizards, are going to be anywhere from twelve to fifteen. So it's like you're moving in the same area. You get a tournament though, a single game elimination one uh, tournament. I mean, we've seen crazy things. We saw the Indiana Pacers beat the Los Angeles Lakers in one game. Anything could happen. We see it all the time. So to get an NCAA type tournament would be very very fun. And then added to that, if everybody is trying for that, and you do have a mid-season tournament. You could also start building up some little rivalries during the season too, because I know we had uh, we had the Boston Celtics and the Wizards because they played each other four times a couple years ago. The funeral game back and forth with each other. 
if you have a tournament game where you think you should have won or something happened where you didn't, that can bleed over into the regular, regular season and into the playoffs. And you're now having a season where you have storylines for the whole year. Um, also, they have talking about a playing tournament for the seventh and eighth seed. Don't do it. Don't do it. it I'm, not, I'm not even going to entertain that. Seventh and the eighth seed, they're getting bounced anyway. What was the last big eight seed to be the one? What was it? The, uh, I think that. Mavs. The, that might have been the Mavs. Mavs. Yeah, the Mavs and go and go to state. The Mavs want to beat that Lakers so, team. So it's it's like, I mean, who cares if you're playing seven eight seed, unless like there's incentive of winning that tournament. Also coincides with you getting better odds in the lottery. That doesn't make any sense. And then the final proposal that was set out there was uh, final final four reseed in the playoffs based on regular season records. If we're reseeding the final four, why don't we just recede from? one through 16 let's every team gets into the playoffs and then you just do one through 16 because it makes no sense if you're if you're already saying look let's get the final four because we want to get the two best teams why don't we get the two best teams from literally the beginning of the playoffs so i think that those proposals the tournament definitely has the potential to be really good or a bust um the playing tournament let's not do it and for final four reseeding i think we should seed one through uh 16 but michael what are your thoughts on the tournament um, <clears throat> one of the things that I kind of just want to see play out if this happens is you kind of mentioned it, bro. Is anybody really going to care about this? You know, they're proposing that it's going to be late November to December, right before that dead period, you know, that we all kind of talk about and we all kind of know that's coming. Like, will guys buy in how they need to buy in or how, not how they need to buy in, how the NBA will want them to buy in? Um, I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is a, a necessary thing if, and I don't know if it's supposed to combat some type of like guys sitting out or load management or things like that, but I don't think this brings as much revenue as the NBA is going to make it seem, or I don't know if this is going to be as popular as, as the NBA wants it to be. And I think that's going to be like top down. If the players obviously don't care about this and the fans definitely, excuse me, aren't going to care. And we can already kind of see that translated. Like when the players are in that mid season, like just drag NBA fans, you know, we only really tune in for the all-star game. Well, the non like, you know, hardcore NBA fans, we're tuning into the all-star game and the all-star festivities. And then I'm going to see you at late March going into April. You mentioned it. I just don't know if this is going to solve anything, like, for the NBA. I mean, I don't think they're having viewership problems. I don't think they're losing popularity from other leagues. This is not, like, the crisis the NFL is going through where they're losing millions of viewers. The NBA, I feel like, is in one of the best positions it's been since, I don't, I mean, since really Bron has taken over, the NBA's been in a good place, but. I mean, viewership is down this year, but also viewership on, all, all TV levels. yeah, it's just down because people are like cutting cords, so you can't really like. Yeah. I don't know why they're trying to correlate viewership in just NBA being down to like it's just NBA where you can look at it over literally every single sport that it's happening. Exactly. So there's there's a is a is a type of it's something that this uh what the stats aren't saying like I don't I don't know if the NBA is is viewing this as a. Uh, as something that's like really going to bring excitement. Maybe they're just trying to like just put this out there to kind of see, you know, test the waters and see what's really going to happen. But I guess like at the end of the day, if you got to get guys to buy in, and 
I don't think the NBA has done a great job really in history of getting guys to kind of buy into the changes they want. I mean, changes on top of my head, I think of uh, when David Stern did the uh, dress policy, dress code policy, guys revolted about it. Uh, when the NBA tried to change the balls back in 2007, guys hated it. And 15 games later, we had the regular Spalding uh, balls back. Like, it's been a series of patterns that the NBA thinks that they're on the top and they're cutting edge. And really, it just proves that the 82 game, like, the 82 game method, it, it works. Now, the 16 teams uh, being in the playoffs, regardless of um, regardless of conference, seat them that way. Let them let them be like an open tournament kind of thing. We've all kind of been like clamoring for it, and I feel like that's the change that'll be like you know the pop for the NBA. But I don't think this is it, and maybe this is just a stepping stone. We're kind of seeing like them kind of thinking about it, and they're trying to introduce like a tournament style thing just to see, like I said, to test the waters, but. This I don't really like this at all. LQ. Um, I'm not really opposed to it, but I, I just would like to see how it works. So if they would like to test it for a season, I would not be opposed to it. I don't really think it's a waste of time. Um, I would kind of be remiss to say wait until LeBron leaves the league to do things like that because I like I said, I know that's when viewership would really kind of dip off because people don't really know put a chair for, you know, things like that. So I think maybe around that kind of time when you're desperate, you could try to experiment. I don't think right now is necessarily time for experimentation. Like Micah said, they're in a great space right now. Um, something new is always cool. Um, I think they need to start and fix All-Star Weekend before they try to do anything That's the else. thing. Like, you, <laughs> you still have things that need to be fixed before you're just you're trying to throw new things into, like, the water. Like, nobody watches All-Star Weekend anymore. The games are 180. Yeah, you've tried the captain and, and drafting and everything. That, and that's cool for the night, but the actual game. And that wasn't even cool because we didn't get to see those exactly. games yeah. drafted on TV. So, it's like, you guys still got a lot of holes that we need to fix. So, let's not pull over eggs in that basket quite yet. Yeah, and just to wrap up on this uh, topic real quick, uh, just reading off of Shams' Twitter, he says that the tournament tournament – format is all 30 teams involved in tournament from late November to mid-December. Uh, divisional games, four home, four away. For group stage, six divisional stage winners, plus two wild cards for knockout. Quarterfinals at home market, semifinals slash finals at neutral site. This is just too much. I mean, we're not soccer. So we're not soccer, bro. Who's going to care about the Grizzlies? Bro, we, we are not soccer. Like, come on, man. This is... <laughs> <laughs> so now we're putting, we're putting everybody into groups, and then you're playing four home, four away. Like, I thought this was supposed to shorten the season. If we're getting 78 games plus a tournament and you're playing four home, four away, that's already 86 games. And then if you advance, like, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking right now. Um, NBA needs to get it together. We'll see. Maybe maybe the owners vote on it and we end up enjoying the tournament. Hey, we're not going to know how we feel about it until it's actually uh, proposed. But back to you, LQ, to the top. What is an, another observation that you have? Um, if you guys care to rewind the time back to um, a month called October. Um, at the beginning of October, the Pittsburgh Steelers had the record of 0-3 and, and just took a loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, it wasn't a good look 
We did start the season off with a very disrespectful loss to the Patriots by the score of, I believe it was 33-3. to Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. And um, somehow we shaped the ship, and we are now an 8-5 and team controlling our own destiny with a game tomorrow versus Le'Veon Bell and the New York Jets. So, um... Nobody thought we would be here. I think the last time we were talking here, I don't think we had Mika Fitzpatrick. No. I also don't think that uh, TJ Watt was in the conversation for defensive player of the year quite yet. We all know he had a pretty good ceiling defensively, but I don't think anybody's seen anything like this. Um, as for the offense, however, um, <laughs> we got an offense. you know, they, they play. Uh, our offensive coordinator is, I think, my biggest gripe with our offense. I don't really think it's necessarily our offense being that bad. It's just the position that our offensive coordinator puts us into. Uh, last weekend, we had a game against the Buffalo Bills where we were up a majority of the football game uh, by a touchdown. And somehow our fourth-string rookie undrafted quarterback had 40 passing attempts. Um. Now, we, like I said, we control our own destiny. If there is a chance, an opportunity we get into the playoffs, we'll most likely be playing the Kansas City Chiefs or the Houston Texans. I personally don't think we'll beat either one of those teams if we make it. But just making it alone would be enough for me. We were supposed to be a 3-13 and football team. We lost our Hall of Fame quarterback week three. Um, we haven't had Le'Veon Bell in two years. Um, Antonio Brown is living a very different life at the moment, so nobody's seen us here. I'd like to give all of that credit to our coach, Mike Tomlin, for keeping the ship afloat, and I'm really excited to see what these next two weeks holds. So, LQ, concerning the, the Steelers and the whole situation, obviously you have Mason Rudolph, who has now gone to the bench, Hodges, who is, I mean, he was able to win you some games, but right now he hasn't shown to be the type of guy that's going to give you your 350 or three touchdowns, at least at the moment. I know we're talking about this season, but also going into next season with Ben coming back, are you guys drafting another quarterback in this upcoming draft, or are you sticking with Duck as the backup and Mason as third string or cutting Mason? Or as a Steelers fan, what do you think that is the best route for you guys to go moving forward after you see that you have the pieces on defense to be a playoff team. Your offense isn't let, – let, let, you, you're sugarcoating it. Your offense sucks. It's not good. If, you're, if, you're, <laughs> yes, that's fact. if your offense is to get up to parts of the way your defense is playing, you guys are back in the Super Bowl conversation. So what, what is the plan you think the Steelers need to take to get to that level offensively? Um, I, like you said, I think it starts at quarterback first and foremost. Um, as far as our current situation – I think Mason Rudolph would be an excellent backup, like, forever. If he's one of those – if he's in a role like Charlie Batch and those <laughs> quarterbacks that we've had in the past, like, that's fine. That works for you. But as far as the starting quarterback moving forward for the next eight to ten years with that defense, I'm not comfortable with Mason Rudolph leading that team. Um, Duck has had a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Um, I really like his confidence. I'm just not sure that he's that guy after Ben. Um, I, I told you guys earlier in our group message, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. If he finds a way to slip down into that second round, I, I want that a lot. Um, I like his arm strength. He has 
very, very great decision-making skills on the fly. And that kind of mobile quarterback with our wide receiver core, um, as you guys know, we are the wide receiver factory. Yep. So um, uh, I'm pretty excited, man. I, I want to see what happens, but I don't think Mason is the guy going forward. I was big on the Mason train before the season started. Yeah. But he was definitely exposed. That train is um, – it's stopped. We, we're, <laughs> we're off the train at this point, man. It's... He holds that ball for a long time. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's – it's definitely it's definitely been been an interesting season. So are you sticking with so with getting hurts, I don't think uh Jalen right now is can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he, he would come in basically as almost like a Taysom Hill role where uh he's playing in the games but he's playing sparingly and he's here for the electric plays. So that means you're hundred percent ready to go back to Ben after the UCL and everything next year. Uh, absolutely. Um and until Ben shows me that he can't play anymore. A lot of people don't think he can play anymore just off the strength of that Jags game. But um, I, I think we haven't seen the last of Ben Roethlisberger, and I'm pretty sure that he'd like to show the world that he has a little more left in the tank. If um, there's any way that next year he can lead this defense to number seven, I think that that'll be the end of Ben Roethlisberger, and that'll be the time to uh, decide. But I'm looking a lot further ahead than I should be. <laughs> uh, Michael, what are your thoughts on the Steelers? Honestly, I'm just happy y'all are uh, way more competitive. Well, at least I say that. I'm happy y'all are winning more games than I thought y'all would. Well, actually, y'all are at eight wins right now. And I said y'all would go eight and eight. All of our games, Micah, except for that <laughs> Patriot game, have been decided by a touchdown or less. Just just wanted to throw that out and, there in terms And of you know what? I I feel like I don't wanna I don't wanna misquote myself and I don't wanna cap on air, but I feel like I said Y'all would be very competitive this season, but I would be surprised if y'all go anything past eight and eight. And y'all are eight and six right now, so we'll see. We'll definitely see. But um, the Steelers, I'll always give y'all this. Y'all are going to be one of the hardest working, most competitive teams that's always going to like every Sunday. I, I expect the Steelers to not ever get blown out. Um, one thing I will say about the Steelers, and it's a little like. I don't. It's not weird. I'm never gonna say it's weird. Um, I feel like y'all don't necessarily need Ben for that filler year. Um, now you might know better than I would, like the cap room y'all have and what y'all could possibly do. We can't really afford like that Teddy or yeah. But um... I wouldn't. My I guess my whole thing is, and I just don't want y'all. And y'all really don't do this a lot. It says, I guess it's more like a bad team than like the skins, but I don't want y'all to waste y'all pick on a guy that y'all could get like two rounds later. I want y'all to like draft for what y'all actually need, and y'all y'all been good for it. So I expect y'all to make the right decision. I just don't know if the Steelers are going to win the division in the coming future or whatever they do, just because of what the Baltimore Ravens are going to continue to do. So yeah, hey. that's that what they got going on there, and if the Bengals decide to give Burrow or Chase Young. I don't really think it matters at this point. I think they're still a few years away, but I it's it's definitely a nice division, you know, at the top. Those other two teams are a little different, but when it comes down to we'll it, would you want Marcus Barriota as your starting quarterback, bro? As a cheap deal. Ah, he can still get I it don't done. know, man. It's like I I the two quarterbacks that I'm really coveting right now, I, I really want Jalen Hurts. If we can't get Hurts. 
I, I want Trevor Lawrence. Ooh, yeah, I wait. I wait for it. That's that's what I wait. That's what I'm gonna it. say. Let's say Big Ben comes back next year and it's not it's not what it is again. And you guys tank. Hey, you get possibly the best quarterback. People have been saying this since he was in high school, a senior in high school. Ooh. The best quarterback they've seen that in almost nasty. a decade. And that that would just put you guys <laughs> right right back where you were, uh, right back where you were years ago. Imagine Trevor Lawrence with this defense. Yeah, that's yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I'll, I'll give you your props. Uh, I said this was going to be a, a losing. You guys are going to have a losing season. I thought it was a six of ten, seven and nine type of season for uh, for the Steelers. And then when you guys started zero and three and lost Ben, I thought you guys could like like you said bottom out. And but you guys have completely gone the opposite way. Mike Tomlin is my coach of the year. I don't care about the Buffalo Bills. I don't care about like Mike Tomlin taking a team with somebody named Duck Hodges. I, we all watch football and we we watch college and stuff. I I've never heard of Devlin Hodges before, and he comes out and he's able to produce. So that just shows uh, how good of a culture Mike Tomlin has, and also the fact that he's able to keep AB under wraps for that long. Man, that man deserves an award or something because AB is crazy, and the fact that everything was able to stay in house until it finally blew up last year. Mike Tomlin is really. Uh, really, that coach, but the Steelers—they're—I mean—they're—they're going to be in the playoffs, and honestly, the playoffs—it it becomes a defensive battle. And yeah, offense wins and all that, but the Super Bowl last year was ten to three. The way this defense is playing, and the way Hayward and T.J. Watt and Minka and Joe—it just seems like they're all like—it just feels like that old Steelers defense again. They get into the playoffs, literally anything can happen. So it's definitely been. A very, very interesting year and a great year for the Steelers if you're a Steelers fan. Obviously, it's not the Steelers type of year where it's a 12 or 4 season, but I don't know. As a fan, I think I'll be happier with this season than one of my regular 12 and 4s and out in the first or second round to the Patriots just because it shows we do have a coach. We have somebody that knows how to coach and gets the best out of each and every player. And getting the Kansas out of your locker room has definitely proved, uh, proved to work for the Steelers this year. But, Michael, what, what is another observation that you had? I'm going to keep it in the North, man. I'm going to keep it in the AFC North. And I'm going to talk about the boys out of Baltimore, man. Damn, bro. The Ravens are like that. They're the best team in the league. Yep. Straight up with the most dynamic player and probably the – well, he's not probably. He is the best player in the league this year. By far. Without a doubt. Lamar, Action, Jackson, big trust. I talked about it a little bit yesterday, bro. But I want to break it down a little bit more just – just because his impact on, like, he he has to be the best player in the league every game for them to win. Which, I mean, I don't I don't know, like, if, like, conceptually, like, I can really, like, picture that. But, dog, that's crazy to me. His stats are ridiculous. Like, and, I you know, I'll, I'm, I'm considering I'm running down. He's first in touchdowns, but he's, like, tw- mid-tier in yards, so his efficiency, in my opinion, is probably the best in the league. If if your yards, like, his yards per touchdown, I don't know the ratio, but of course, this guy's with more yards and less touchdowns. Like, he's making that thing happen. He hasn't thrown a lot of picks. His QBR is best. Like, and, you know, we, we all heard that, that BS, bro, the First, it, he's yeah, a wide yeah. receiver. It, and it's been going on since the draft process. First, he was a wide receiver. Shout out Bill Foley. You're, you're an idiot saying that he should be a wide receiver. He should go to the combine and be a wide receiver. Him not deciding to do his 40 was, for some reason, controversial. But he's a quarterback. Who cares about that? But the biggest thing about Lamar is 
they designed the system around him to be a pocket passer in a sense, especially throwing the ball. His touchdowns are from the pocket. He's not doing some big Brett Favre about to run around the field and just launch it and pray. And mind you, that's it's happened this season. That's part of his game. That's part of his excellence. But the way they designed that offense, man. First of all, it, it's it's like a it's like a multiple it's a multiple style offense with like emphasis on on power run and read option, and using that you know using the idea that the run you have to account for the run you so you have to put seven in the box you have to put seven in the box because you can go and let them run all over you if you don't. But then you start. <laughs> These are doing a bunch of mesh routes with tight ends. You got three tight end sets with the three of the best tight ends in the league, in my opinion, all at once on the field. You're going to start doing mesh concepts. You're going to start doing spot concepts. You're going to start doing smash concepts. You're going to get these guys to a flat. You're going to get these guys high. You're going to get these guys to the middle of the field. You have Lamar Jackson just picking. Where do I want to go? And if none of them, if none of them are open, guess what he's doing? He's taking off. He has, a, he has the best QB rushing season ever. And he's not done. He shattered Michael Vick's record. The season's not over yet, bro. We still have two games. He's already at 1,100 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. And this is not on – it's not fluke. I really can't say it's fluke. I feel like what they designed for Lamar Jackson, it's pure excellence. And I feel like it'll continue. I feel like the system, it's not a fluke. I, I don't think that it's one of those gimmicky read option things. That Greg Oman was honestly known for with the 49ers with Colin Kaepernick. It was a little bit of a gimmick because, you know, during the time during that time, it was him, it was RG, it was Russ, uh, Russ Wilson, Cam. They were all kind of doing that same thing. We got kind of a taste of the read option college system. But I feel like this is just it's fleshed out in the in the most professional way possible. And I, I think he'll live in this system and thrive in the system for years ago. Um, without a doubt, he's the MVP. In my opinion, I feel like they're Super Bowl favorites at this point because I don't know if you can stop that, man. Literally, in the only two games they lost, they got outdueled on offense. Their defense let them score uh, over 30 points, and that's how teams won. Only in the two games, those back-to-back games they lost in, I believe, what was it, week uh, three and four against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns, which was fluke, in my opinion. But the Browns one was fluke. Kansas City actually beat them. But the Browns one, that was, a great the Browns one was fluke, in my opinion. Those are the only two, uh, time this season that the Ravens had let up over 30 points or even, I want to say, even over three touchdowns. They've been lights out on defense, and they've definitely been lights out on offense. And I think he's the man for the job. He said he was going to get them boys a Super Bowl, and I don't, I don't see him failing, bro. I see that happening. No cap. Yeah, I definitely agree. Alq, you got anything to add to that? Um, yeah, no, I'm not really going to pander to the <laughs> – Yeah, they are ops. They are ops. Uh, I definitely respect everything that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson is doing right now. Uh, of course, the year the black quarterback, man, you, you got to love it. We love to see it. Um, the only game Lamar Jackson looks human this year, and I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again, was against those Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Um, he had three interceptions. He had about 155 yards. And we took them to overtime that game, and we lost on a Juju Smith-Schuster fumble. So we were close to unseeing Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't think that we'll see him again this year because I do think your guy uh, Bob Griffin will be playing that last game next Bobby. week. But if we do see Lamar Jackson, you know, um, I'm really excited and looking forward to the challenge of seeing if we can contain him. Um, 
we sent a lot of pressure with those linebackers and Bud Dupree and TJ Watt, and he didn't really have enough room to dance around with Devin Bush in the middle. So I'm I'm looking forward to playing these guys for the next 10 years. Um, I was really nervous before we got Micah, I mean, Mika and Devin Bush, but now it's okay. So we will see the Ravens when we see the Ravens. I think for the next uh, six years or so, it'll be the – Steelers and Ravens battling for supremacy in the AFC North. Only a Steelers fan can turn uh, uh, Ray, Lamar Jackson, Ravens, plus into, oh, well, I mean, we got Devin Bush and Minka, so it doesn't matter. Hey. But, yeah. I told you guys for about two months straight, we got, we Devin, got Bush. Devin Bush. We got Devin Bush. Hey. That's all I was saying. Now, look. Now we got look. Devin yes, Bush. Yes, sir. We got Devin Bush. We got Devin Bush. Uh, I definitely agree with Mike. I'm not really going to add much to that. Lamar has just been amazing from – his ability last year to this year, we saw the Chargers game, and I mean, we were all clowning him. It, it was pretty funny that he didn't. Um, they were booing him at home. <laughs> man. Was, yeah. he, he wasn't able to complete a pass, but he took that, internalized it, and turned it into a. They made a system for him where he can go ahead and be that number one guy, can make those plays for the Ravens, and they have been doing it. Um, I do worry. Um, I saw the. I watched the Patriots game today. It feels like we get in the same cycle every year. Oh, this is going to be the year the Patriots fall off. This is going to be the year that this happens. They lose a couple of games here and there, and then look closer to week fifteen, week sixteen. They blow out a couple of teams and they go right into the playoffs with that first week by and are ready to go. Um, Michael, you said it last year. You said don't bet against Bill. Don't bet against Tom Brady. I'm not making the same mistake this year. So. Super Bowl, I don't know about all that. They still have to beat the Patriots. I'm not I'm not betting against them. I, I bet against the Patriots last year. I won't be doing that. I will not be doing that this year for um for the Patriots. But Lamar Jackson again has had an amazing season. And I'll wrap it up here with the Browns. I, we have to talk about the Browns these past two months. They've been in the news all over for multiple reasons. Uh going back to about I guess a month and a half, two months ago now. Uh, the Miles Garrett situation where he almost took off Mason Rudolph's head. Sheesh. Personally, personally for me, everybody was talking like Miles Garrett was the dirtiest player in the league and he deserves to be suspended for life or whatever. I think the six game suspension to end the year is a fine suspension. Um, I think Mason should have gotten the game because they both did escalate everything. I don't think Pouncey should have gotten the game. He was just, he was, he was, uh, he was fighting for his quarterback and I think that was fine. But besides that, the Browns, it thought that I thought that that was actually going to jumpstart the Browns, even though they were losing a great player. That from there they were just going to take off and uh, take off from there and make the playoffs. And it looked like they were doing it. They won their next two games. Then they played the Steelers at home, and from there it's just been it's been a mess. After um, they looked good against the Steelers in that first quarter, it was well one quarter of the first half. I think it made just in the first quarter. And then oh, no, they, they played a pretty good game up to maybe I want to say like a midpoint in the third quarter where it just like all fell apart. Yeah, and after that it was just like okay, uh, this team can't really this team can't really score. Uh, then they were in a back and forth with the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals they're a terrible team. Then they lost to the Cardinals last week, and reports are coming out that Odell and Jarvis are telling the Cardinals to come get me. Um, when your top flight players are telling the opposing team, the team that is was won three games with a rookie quarterback, come get me. There are a lot of problems. Freddie Kitchens, he needs to be gone. Obviously, we 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 could all say now that 
Greg Williams was the reason why that team won seven games last year. It was not for it was not Freddie Kitchens. Um, he's not fit to be a head coach in this league. He doesn't have the ability uh, to be a head coach in this league. Um, and he's put them in bad situations. Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the NFL, and it's a travesty he gets twelve to fifteen touches a game. You have Kareem Hunt coming out of the backfield, but yet they still want to pass the ball. 30, 40 times, force-feeding Jarvis and Odell, and it, it's just not working. Um, Baker is in a sophomore slump. You, you you get that. I mean, not from Lamar, uh, obviously, this year, but Baker has, has definitely regressed. It doesn't look like he's feeling dangerous anymore. It's just not worked all over for, for that team. I really do think they need a, a hard reset. They have the pieces uh, on offense. They're pretty good on defense, too. You get Garrett back next year. But you have Odell, you have Jarvis, you have Chubb, you have Hunt, you have Njoku. Like, what else do you, what else do you need as a team? Yeah, fix up your line in the draft, but you don't need anything else offensively. You should not be putting up 13 points against uh, against the Steelers or 27. Yeah, 27 is pretty good against uh, the Bengals, but then 24 points against the uh, Cardinals, and they put up 38 against you. The Browns have been a mess all season, and they need to do something to – to reboot them, whether that's getting rid of Freddie Kitchens or trading Odell to get just new fresh air and get some pieces for him because Odell still he's not gonna get the haul like he he uh he got going to the Giants, but he'll he'll still bring a decent return back. But I think the Browns definitely have a serious problem that they need to fix um in the offseason. Michael My biggest thing about the Browns is well I mean, I'll start like this. I kinda expected this a little bit, um it seems like a lot of people were really high on the Browns because on paper they look ridiculous. But this is a team, and I always mention it in our group chat, man. They were just went one and thirty-one literally a year before last. Before they went seven, eight, and one, or eight, seven, and one, or wherever it was, they were the worst franchise in the league without a doubt, bar none. You couldn't chop it up any type of way. Now, mind you, they've grown from that. They learned from that. They're not the same franchise and team they were now. Hugh Jackson and the remnants of whatever squads they had are you seeing them kind of, you know, matriculate out of there. But the Browns don't have an identity right now. And I think that starts from top down. I think Freddie Kitchens, he's going to get fired. I think he was suited to be an offensive coordinator and that at best. Um, I think you need a guy, like you uh, mentioned, like Greg Williams to be that character for a bunch of guys who aren't used to winning. You need a you need a vet in there, a guy that can really lead men, a guy that's going to inspire you every week, a guy that's going to get you on the right path. So whenever you know that phase is over, you have guys in the right places within the team, players, personnel, whatever it is, to lead them. Um, Baker Mayfield, he's not that leader yet. Clearly, he's not that leader yet. Um, you know, play aside, he he's giving off this kind of like I don't want to say like cockiness, but it kind of you know it rubs off that way sometimes. That, you know, we'd expect other people, I don't know, to be, like, mentioned with. And it doesn't really get mentioned. Like, he, for what he was kind of talking about and, I guess, himself being, he hasn't produced. He has thrown as many interceptions as he has touchdowns. Like, he's just not it right now. Yes, it might be a sophomore slump. I don't think he's a terrible quarterback. This is way better than some quarterbacks starting in the league right now. But for him to be the quarterback and for him, you know, you take a lot of, brain, uh, a lot of the blame when you're that figurehead. He's just not producing, but um, I think the biggest thing for me is they need an identity, and I, I mentioned it. They need to pick what they want. 
if you're going to use Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and you're right, Mike, Nick Chubb, pro bowler, first, bro, he'll be one of the best running backs in the league, bar none, going forward for the next decade. I mean, he had a better year than Saquon. Yeah, exactly. And mind you, Saquon missed a couple of games, but that's not mentioned. That's not saying nothing. Like, since Saquon has been back, of course he's not the same because he's probably playing through injury. But Nick Chubb, he's a pro bowler and an all-pro, all rights to him. He earned that. But he is not getting enough touches. Kareem Hunt is not getting enough touches. And, yes, it's because you have guys like Odell and Jarvis Landry, but they need to pick an identity. You can't feed all of those guys. You can't get them to – Excuse me, two, uh, the guy, excuse me, two guys in the backfield plus the two guys in receiver plus your all-star tight end. You, they all can't touch the ball. It doesn't work like that. You can be I, – I would like to see them be a more run-heavy team. I would like to see them be like a, um, a power run going into play action type of team. Take a little bit more uh, deep shots. You know, use your running backs to your advantage. Runs a pass. Don't get in situations where you're trying to force feed these guys on the outside because they're, you know, they're star names. Um, Odell, he's gonna he's gonna end up gone, and it's unfortunate. I don't necessarily think it's his fault, but he's not built for that team. He's built, I feel like, on a team that passes way more, and he'll get a lot more touches. Um, if he was with Drew Brees right now, it would probably be great, and you wouldn't hear anything. He would be having the type of year, or even better than what Michael Thomas is having, but he's not. He's in a system where I don't think they know what they want to do. I don't think they realize what they've gotten themselves into. And I think they need to hit, um, I wouldn't say a reset, but they need to retool a little bit and think about what they actually are. Um, the defense hasn't been up to par as much as I thought it would be. Uh, the young corners are getting burnt, which you would expect. But, I will, you know, they're going to grow and they're going to mature. And I think going forward, they're going to have to take a model from what the Ravens and Steelers have done in the AFC North. They're going to have to play AFC North football, be hard-nosed runners, and play lights-out defense. And until then, I don't think they're going to succeed. Um, you want to limit the amount of times you have Baker Mayfield making um, great plays because I feel like he's more of a system guy, and I feel like when you put him in a position to make high position, uh, high percentage throws, he'll do that. But the playmaking I've seen from the last two years of Baker Mayfield's football career is not happening this year. So I would like to see them get the ball a little bit more out of his hands. You know, use your assets in the backfield to your advantage and. Stop, you know, I, I think you just got to stop faking on themselves. They're not who they think they are or think they were, and I think they're getting humbled. And I think we're going to see a better Browns team going forward. But, man, this this year, it's just it's just not it. And I think, I'm kind of happy they're getting exposed. Thank you. Oh, man, you love to see it, man. <laughs> um, I ain't going to spend all this time bashing the Browns, man. They, they're doing it to themselves. Um... I think I just want to start by saying in these reports that came out, Odell Beckham did say he wanted to come to a team in Pennsylvania that is wearing black and gold. So, Odell, if you're listening, man, come on, pack your bag. Hey, he'll be swaggy and have black and gold, bro. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know what hall they're looking for. We don't have a first-round pick this year, but we'll give you all our first for the next five years if you give us Odell Beckham. Um, but on a serious note, man, I just see a lack of trust. And that's with the organization. That's with the coaching staff. That's with Baker Mayfield himself. Um, you have Odell Beckham. Eli trusted Odell in any situation. So he was going to throw that ball no matter how many people are covering him, no matter what direction, no matter what kind of pass. 
anything. So with what's going on right now, I don't think that's the best situation for Odell Beckham's success. And like you said, if their identity is going to be run the football, you know what I'm saying, 20 to 25 times a game, they can do that. They have the running backs to let them have that kind of flexibility. Like you said, uh, Kareem Hunt has been having an amazing couple games catching passes out of that backfield. And like we said, Nick Chubb is an all-pro runner. So if you got that, man, Jarvis is all right over there. And you can have uh, – who's the other guy on the outside? Higgins, Coleman, yep. you know what I'm saying? One of those guys with Jarvis. And I think you guys would be pretty decent that way. Um, if Odell isn't the guy, I don't – he's getting a lot of money. So I don't think that you would want a guy like that on your team that's not producing. Um, this is the longest streak in his career. He's been without a 100-yard game. So – I don't think he's having the best time over there, and I'd probably want to go elsewhere too. But um, as far as the future in Cleveland, it's, it's looking a little shaky, man. Uh, I'm just happy that things are being exposed, like you said. Um, in the summertime when nobody was playing games and everybody had oh, the same man. record, it was great. The Browns, there was, there was the Browns a Super going Bowl, to the Super Bowl. Browns are... They're over ESPN. I want to yes. pull back what the odds were for the Super Bowl. They were like they I were third to... favorite. Ugh. And I would like to compare them into their playoff odds right now. Yeah. Because if they are getting in, there's going to be with a lot of help. Uh, I think they need the Steelers to lose out, the Titans to lose out. I think they need the Raiders to split. And I think they also need the Colts to lose out as well. So that's a lot of wishing and hoping. So I wish and hope them the best. Yeah. Um. You, you said it. You wrapped it up perfectly. The Browns, definitely a, a lot of things to figure out. It's they were preseason superstars and now they're not making the playoffs. But this was a this was a good first episode back, guys. We we got through a, a lot that's been going over the past two months. We're still trying to figure out our schedule of what exactly we're going to be do, but we will be at least promising one episode a week from now until we keep just from now on just getting one episode a week from from somebody one group or another. But thanks for listening to this episode. You're listening again to the Michael Michael podcast presented by. Legendary Sports Network. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace.